0: How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career boosting online course. Get the limited time offer. Register now at slash courses.
1: Hey there, we're live at the Nasdaq Market Site on this summer Friday. The guys are getting ready behind me. While they're doing that, here's what's coming up on the show
0: Home builders are showing signs of life, and the chart master says, That could mean all-time highs for one Dow stock in particular. Plus, don't start. But Dan Nathan says cigarette stocks are about to catch on fire. And he's got a way to get long for less. And the fate of the biggest media deal ever hangs in the balance. But don't worry. Mike's got a way to buy AT&T for just five cents. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins right now.
1: And let's get right to it. Take a look at a group of stocks that have been on a bit of a stealth rally. We're talking about the home builders up 7% from the lows last month. Uh, Chartmaster says the charts are setting up for an even bigger breakout for the group and one down name in, in particular. So let straight to Carter. Break it down for us. That's right. So
2: a real laggard area of the market down as much as 10, 11% just a few weeks ago. And it, that has come to life. And the issue is, is there follow through? I think there is, I'm in mean, the camp that essentially rates are not really going higher. Um, And so maybe let's start with that. This is a a chart of 10-year yields over the past 12 months. And I think the key, um, well, let's just draw some lines. I think the key takeaway here is that after a well-defined bounce-off trend, bounce-off trend, bounce-off trend, we have undercut, which you can quite clearly see. And then we've thrown back right to trend, and we started just, again, undercut. That's not the greatest circumstance. It has all the look of a topping-out formation. So, with that as maybe the backdrop, let's um, first talk about the homebuilder ETF XHB. This is a five-year chart. You have this big run-up over the past two years and then this give-back. Now, two things. This give-back is quite proportionate in terms of the midpoint. And if I put that trend line on there in and of itself on the next chart, we can see that it bounced almost precisely off that line, which is what support is all about. And so let's focus in on this here and now. Again, that's the five-year chart. Here is the here and now. So the run-up and the plunge. If you're just stuck with basic trend work, you could put the trend line in, and once you break trend in principle, make the bet that it will continue. Now let's put the next trend line in. Once you move above trend, In principle, make the bet that it will continue. So, again, breaking trend to the downside is usually the beginning of more trouble. Breaking trend to the upside, prospectively more potential and something of a bearish to bullish reversal. So, let's go to this big fella. Home Depot, no judgments by B, no annotations. I think you can draw a few things. One, these are the last three givebacks. They're all about... um, Five to seven weeks 14 percent 10 percent 18 percent but not so much the magnitude of the declines all 10 percent plus but look where they stop each one almost precisely well not almost exactly off a trend line and so i think this is going to ultimately make the new high i want to play home depot on the long side
1: all right so let's go out to mike how are you trading home depot mike
3: Yeah, so I really do like Home Depot. You know, it's interesting. This is a name that's growing the top line probably about 7%, and we've seen EPS growth in the high teens for three consecutive years. And so the stock is not expensive. Neither are the options, and that means that we can actually keep our trade fairly simple here. I was just looking out to July, and you could buy the 200 calls when I was looking at this earlier today for $3.25. So that's just a little over 1.5% of the current stock price to make your bullish bet. And I think that with options prices this low and with the trend that Carter has identified and the fact that the stock is also, I think, very reasonably priced at these levels, it's easy to take a fairly simple bet, I think, to the
4: upside here.
1: DAN, what do you think of the trade?
4: Uh, Well, listen, if you're in the fundamental camp and the technical camp um, and you like this stock for a breakout. I think the way Mike's uh, choosing to play it with just a simple call, less than 2% of the underlying stock price. You have a little more than a month for this to work out. That makes perfect sense. But the most compelling chart that I saw there was that bullish to bearish, or excuse me, the bearish Bearish to to bullish reversal in the XHB, which Uh. literally just had its first up day. And that would be the way that I would probably look to play it. Um, And the options there are still pretty cheap,
2: too. Right. And, and, and that's right. So it's, it's, it's a phenomenon. Remember, the XHP has a lot of things in it. Home Depot is not really a home builders, builder. So right. The issue, right There's Whirlpool. There's Mohawk Carpet and so forth. So um, what I was thinking here is that while those are also coming to life, yeah. this is the big super cap name that um, big assets can play. Most of the home builders are mid cap. And a lot of uh, large mutual funds cannot engage in small names like that at the, at the biggest level. Sure.
1: Right. And how does the ITB look? Because that's also it's a, a nice run.
2: Yeah. Virtually identical. One is a different weight than the other, but they overlay at about a 95% correlation.
1: Mike, is there uh, any caveats about the trade you're putting on?
3: Well, I mean, the one thing I would point out is that this doesn't happen to capture their earnings, you know, which would be the next, you know, sort of big and obvious catalyst to the upside. But that's also probably the reason why the options are as low priced as they are. And they are low priced. It's less than a 16 percent implied volatility, which is about as low as it ever gets in Home Depot. So when you take a look at whether now's the time to buy options in Home Depot, I think it is.
1: All right, let's move on here. Another group getting a bid from lower rates. Consumer staples outperforming the market today. But that doesn't change the fact that the sector has gotten stomped this year. Take a look at some of the worst performers in the group. Campbell Soup down almost 30 percent. General Mills, cigarette maker Philip Morris and Kraft Heinz have also tanked by more than 20 percent this year. But Dan here says some of these names or one of these names specifically is about to light up.
4: Yeah, so the space looks pretty interesting. For a lot of the same reasons was Carter was just talking about rates. Um, you know, I started thinking about it from a fundamental standpoint. Our friend Tom Lee over at Fundstrap upgraded the consumer staple group from an underway to a neutral today, which is not a uh, table-pounding sort of upgrade, but it got me thinking about some of the names within the group. Um, you know, the tobacco stocks have been really hard hit. PM, which is Philip Morris International, had a massive gap back in mid-April after they reported disappointing shipments um, and disappointing demand for their e-cigarette brand. The stock was down 60 percent after um, those results. The stock, look at that. That's a five-year chart. It's down 35% from its 2017 highs. It's down 25% in the year. We know that this is one of these stocks where it had fundamental headwinds, but also this issue of rising rates over the last year or so. So that 5.5% dividend with the stock down here is starting to look kind of interesting. And if you agree with Carter that maybe rates aren't going much higher, you may start to think about a sector like consumer staples where sentiment is so poor they went down ahead of some of this news. And maybe you see that bearish to bullish reversal. Again, so to me, I think you look out to the catalyst, which is going to be their Q2 earnings, where expectations are not high. The stock is down in the dumps. Um, They report on July 19th. That's a day before July expiration. And today, I think you just, um, when the stock was trading around 79.10, the July uh, 80, 87.5 call spread that cost you a $1.50 that breaks even at 81 half to the upside and you can make up to $6 between 81.5 and 87.5. Um, to me, I like the risk-reward of this trade because, again, sentiment's really bad. The break-even on the upside is just about 3% higher. You're risking about 2% of the stock price and I just have one more chart that I think is really important. Look at this two-year chart. I'll let Carter speak to it. But to my eye, I think the slightest bit of good news over the next five weeks or so, including that catalyst, you get the stock back up towards $90, which was that even. So I like the risk reward, risking one and a half to possibly make up to six, if the stock is up 10%.
1: Do you concur with his analysis? <laughs> so,
2: I mean, there is, uh, from time to time, there is the opportunity to call something so bad, it's good, right? And that's essentially what we're doing, not only in this particular stock, but the whole sector. We know that um, it's the worst performing sector on the year, down 11.6%. And we know that just of late, there's been a bit of relative strength. So to put the the current move in context, the drawdown of 17.5% peak to trough in a three-month period has only happened four other times in the history of the data, going back to about 1980. Mm. And the stable stocks, every single other time, are up one week, three weeks, five weeks, and so forth. So this is a so bad, it's good. And then to put it in the money context flow, we know that energy was left for dead. And then it came back. We know bombed out retailers were left for dead, and they came back. Money can very well flow to something that hasn't participated and, and bid it up.
1: Would you put the trade on, Mike?
3: I would. You know, this is an interesting case. We were just talking about how low the options premiums are in Home Depot. But in Philip Morris, actually, they aren't low. They're well above average, in fact. And I think that's probably the reason that Dan is looking for a spread here. When you have fundamentals that are as grim, I think, as they are in, say, a name like Philip Morris, that's the reason you probably want to use options to make your bullish bets in case that thesis doesn't play out. But in this case, you definitely want to use a spread because you're trying to mitigate the fact that the options premiums are well above their norms in this space.
1: I think the 10-year yield peaked to 3.16 at, at its high. Right. If we see the 10-year yield go higher than that, what historically has been the relationship between yields and dividend-paying stocks like Staples?
2: Well, I mean, so the, the relationship is sort of spurious on any given three, six, nine months. Long term, we know the relationship is sort of, uh, well, almost agreed upon. <laughs>
4: This is one of those funny trades where we don't want you to go out and buy cigarettes. We don't want you to smoke. But the trade sets up really interesting because of all those kind of inputs. And then, again, like Mike just said, I'm targeting that earnings event, which could be that catalyst. It doesn't even have to be that this company beats and guides higher in a meaningful manner. The news is maybe not as bad as people expect, and you have a pop to the mid uh, mid to high 80s.
1: For everything Options Action, you can check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, sign up for our super cool newsletter, great articles, actionable trades. What could be better? Here's what's coming up next.
0: Don't hang up on shares of at and because Mike Co has a way to get long for just a nickel. He'll break it down. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns.
1: Welcome back to Options Action. Media companies bracing themselves as a verdict looms in the AT&T Time Warner trial. Julia Borson's been following the trial from L.A. Julia
5: Melissa District Court Judge Richard Leon promised a ruling Tuesday at 4 p.m. on the Department of Justice's suit to block at ts acquisition of Time Warner. This follows a six-week trial and another six weeks of the judge's deliberation. Now, analyst Craig Moffat, saying that Wall Street consensus is that at t has an 80 percent chance of winning, though he says he believes the outcome is still more of a coin flip, and a lot depends on what the judge says in the nuance of the verdict. If at t wins with no conditions, that's a huge relief to at t and Time Warner, out of their June 21st deadline to complete the deal. A win would also prompt Comcast to make its formal offer for Fox's assets, and it could kick off further consolidation in the media space, a push for vertical consolidation among content and distribution companies. But with an ATT win also comes the possibility of a DOJ appeal, and we'll have to see whether a judge grants a stay to prevent the merger from going forward. That could cripple the company's commitment to the deal. A ruling against the merger would not only kill the $85 billion deal, it would also cast a pall over other media deals in the works and would discourage Comcast from making its official offer for Fox. Now, in that circumstance, at t could appeal, but there would be questions about whether they would, considering how it would delay. The merger process there's also the potential that judge leon would allow the transaction but with conditions he asked both sides to offer remedies to address anti-competitive concerns but at&t and time warner filed a brief saying they want the merger to go through without any conditions whatsoever
1: back to you melissa all right julia thank you julia borson in los angeles well mike's actually got a trade on at&t for us mike why don't you walk us through
3: Yeah, sure. So in situations like this where you have an upcoming catalyst, we commonly talk about the fact that options premiums get elevated. And so that's when we are going to look to maybe slightly more complicated spreads. And what I'm looking at here is a call spread risk reversal. The idea here is that I'm trying to capture some of that near-term upside potential but avoid some of the near-term downside potential. Specifically, I'm looking to the July 27th. These are weekly options, 32 34.5, 37 call spread risk reversal, where I'm going to sell the 32 puts, collect 55 cents, buy the 34.5 calls, pay 80, and then sell those 37 calls for 20 cents. Net-net, that whole structure is going to cost me just a nickel. And the idea here is that once that announcement comes down, the options premiums are going to drop as well. And in fact, if the stock just stays here, there's a decent chance that this trade could also be profitable. And you'll notice we're going to capture $2.5 worth of upside above that 34.5 strike, But we're going to avoid two and a half dollars worth of downside down to the 32 level, and you'll also notice that over the last five years, 32 is pretty much as low as AT&T has actually traded. So that's the reason why I'm willing to sell that 32 strike put right here
1: at-risk reversal. We go to you for your take. Yeah,
4: no, it's a great trade structure if you agree with that technical standpoint that the stock has bottomed at 32 bucks. so maybe there's some sort of floor there that investors see or long-term investors see. But you know, the other thing is what's interesting about this is a lot of things that can happen um, like Julia just went through, yeah. and no one knows how to handicap those sorts of things. There's some scenarios where if the stock was down at 32 and you had a month or just a couple weeks, which is really the time horizon for Mike's trade, that you would actually love to get put the stock. Maybe AT&T decides to buy back a lot of stock. Maybe they decide to buy another asset if it gets ruled out. You just don't know. So to me, I think this sets up pretty well, and I like Mike's strikes. So I don't know what you think Although about
1: Although they that. don't get the deal through. There's a question as to what, what assets they could possibly buy. They can't buy another yeah. provider, right? Well,
4: telecom I mean, some provider. Some people there suggested that they might, they might buy Dish. Buy they already own DirecTV. That would be yeah. a horizontal one. I mean, there's a lot that's, of silliness out there is what too. I'm saying right I mean, now. The, yeah.
2: the chart, if we do have a five-year chart, yeah. we can look at it. But the, the, the plunge low around 31 we were at 3132 four times over the past five years. It is a pretty well defined floor. We did ricochet off it violently, and there is that gap above. Um, my hunch is higher. Um, and things like Dish, frankly, I mean, as bad as it is, Comcast, these things are down. They're so bad, they're good. They're in the same category as some of the staples.
1: All the charts look good. I mean, no, no, the they're board. so
2: bad, they're good. They're, they're right, like right, right. the staples, meaning they're, they're terrible, but they're so terrible, it's worth taking a shot.
1: So if you had to take a shot, would you choose another media stock and not put this trade on?
2: But this trade is is, is deal specific as the yeah. catalyst. This is just an oversold condition oh. in a viable.
1: Although if the deal goes through, Mike, then it could really provide fuel to the upside for these so bad it's good charts, right? Which are the other yeah, media. I mean, players. not just
3: for, Well, that's that's exactly right. So it's not only gonna be this name. I mean the real question is because some of some of the older sort of you know, telecom companies that are dealing with these types of issues, and there's new media, you know, they're all dealing with the same issue. And when you have antitrust concerns, the real question is, are they going to be able to do with the government's approval, essentially, the things that they need to do to adapt to a changing landscape? And my suspicion is that they actually are going to be able to succeed in doing that. And we're going to find out next week, of course. But, you know, the reason we're structuring this is because, just in case they don't, there is
4: obviously some near-term downside. Yeah, and I would just add this, you know, about this landscape where, or the deal where it just gets approved and there's no remedies or anything like that, then it's an absolute free-for-all when you think about it, because then on the other side of the fence, you have uh, Sprint and you have T-Mobile merging. Okay, that is a horizontal one. That should actually have a lot more scrutiny than this vertical deal, but then they're ultimately going to need content, right? And Comcast is going to have to, they may need more uh, wireless delivery. Who knows? It's going to be every which way, and it's going to be a very busy uh, deal period. So to me, I suspect this is not going to be a free and clear sort of deal, this Justice Department, they need to kind of uh, make the case that it's not going to be a free-for-all right. under their watch. I guess. Well, a lot yeah, of so.
1: investors look to the options market, Mike, uh, for guidance into situations like this where a lot of things are at play. So are, are you seeing any unusual activity when it comes to some of the other media players out there, namely um, the Comcast of the world, the Disneys of the world, that have sort of deals pending based on the result of this uh, verdict?
3: Yeah, I mean, what's interesting, I mean, all of these names typically are seeing slightly elevated implied volatility. I think Disney is maybe one of the most notable ones. But of course, Disney has been sort of trading at a discount to its historical multiples for a little while now. People are a little bit concerned. You know, that was basically trading off of the ESPN profitability for a very long time. And then a couple of years ago, actually the summer of August 2015, THAT BASICALLY WASHED OUT, and, AND IT'S BEEN, YOU KNOW, A LITTLE BIT OF A ROUGH ROAD FOR THEM EVER SINCE. AND I, I ACTUALLY THERE, TOO, I'M KIND OF BULLISH ON DISNEY, I THINK THEY'RE GOING TO PULL OUT OF THIS AS WELL.
1: ALL RIGHT. WELL, SPEAKING OF AT&T, LET'S GO GET A CHECK ON OUR creamer CAM. YEAH, creamer CAM. JIM WILL BE ALL OVER THE MEDIA DEAL TONIGHT ON MAD MONEY WITH HIS GAME PLAN FOR THE WEEK AHEAD, SO YOU WON'T WANT TO MISS THAT. THAT'S AT THE TOP OF THE HOUR. STILL AHEAD, Twitter share is taking flight. The newest member of the S&P 500 posting double-digit gains just this week. And that's great news for Mike. We will explain why. Plus, if you are on Twitter, send us a tweet to add options action if it's a good one. We'll read it later on in the show. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. Much more options action right after this. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back at some of our open trades. Now, just last week, Mike said Twitter was about to fly high.
3: One of the things we can see is, obviously, it has had a pretty strong move, and we're getting right back, basically, to these prior highs right here. I was simply going out to July, buying the 36-41 call spread. You could spend $1.45 for that. By selling that 41-strike call, I've improved my odds. Now, there's about a 93% chance that between now and expiration, that stock is actually going to get to my $37 break even.
1: And fly it did. Twitter soaring more than 18% since the time of the trade. So, Mike, how are you trading Twitter now?
3: Yeah, so when we originally did this, the most that spread could be worth was $5. We were risking $1.45. It can still only be worth $5, but it's worth about $3.40 now. So, the risk reward relationship isn't quite what it was when we first got into it. We've more than doubled the amount that we spent on the trade. My inclination is that you should take this trade off, and if you're inclined to press your bullish bets, you can just roll these strikes up and maybe up and out to perhaps August. Again, probably a $5 call spread is the way that you want to play that. But this is one of those situations where, you know, obviously it it ran right to that short strike. That's what we want to have happen when we put on spreads. It may have done it a little bit more quickly than I had anticipated, though, and that's why we're going to look to adjust it already.
1: In the charts, Carter?
2: Yes. I mean, at this point, uh, a lot of potential has been exploited. And and in that sense, um, I would be reducing or writing calls or doing something if one is just long the stock.
4: Dan. Yeah, so in Mike's scenario, too, that he you know designated a certain amount of premium, it's gone to a strike, the idea of taking some of those gains and kind of rolling it out. But from here on out, I think gains get a lot more uh, difficult. I think investors are going to start to think about this from a valuation standpoint. For a company that's not growing users um, greater than double digits, and sales growth is not expected to be too much greater than double digits either.
1: Up next, we've got your tweets and the final call from the Options Pits. Welcome back to Options Action. Let's take some of your tweets. Our first tweet is from Simon, who asks, when a stock moves up, when do you roll up and when do you sell an upside call, turning it into a vertical spread? Dan.
4: Yeah, hey, Simon, that's a great question. And these are actually kind of related, at least the way I think about this and the way I trade options. And a lot of it has to do with timing. So if you had a really quick move um, where, let's say, the premium that you had at risk at first doubles very quickly, that may be a great scenario to turn it into a vertical spread because you're actually going to be taking some premium off the table.
1: Time for the final call. Mike.
4: Call spread risk reversals and tea going into next week's ruling.
1: Carter.
2: Home Builders and Home Depot in particular.
3: Dan.
4: Uh, don't smoke, but that tea call spread looks like <laughs>
1: right. Our time has expired. Thanks for watching. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now.
0: How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.